Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Today, we're going to talk about how to guide your newsroom through digital transformation. Legacy news organisations have been wrestling with the pivot from print to digital for more than two decades. One publisher that has succeeded is the Financial Times, as they hit one million digital subscribers this year. But there is always disruption ahead, redefining what success means today, figuring out what skills and culture is needed in your workforce, and reimagining the end user strategy. News organisations are of course not alone in this challenge. Our guest today is Tara Lajamoke, the Managing Director of FT Strategies, the consulting arm of FT which operates broadly across the media sector as well as the arts sector and streaming and financial services. The main challenge for any modern company is making sure all levels of the workforce are working towards the same long-term goal. Tara shares with us what's working in other sectors and how to apply that thinking within our newsrooms. That's all coming up, so don't go anywhere. Tara, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jacob. It's a pleasure to be on the show. I understand that a little known fact about you is that you're quite a cook. So um, what's your standout meal that you like to make? I love to make quite a few things, actually. But I'd say my my standout would be fried rice (laughs) and spicy chicken. Um, I, um, something happened when I had my first pregnancy and my threshold for spice, um, rose exponentially. I was expecting it to go the other way that you, your threshold would lower, but yeah, no, no, I, um, so yeah, so I, I have a bit of a knack for trying to create the spiciest meal possible. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the few things that I do. Thanks for sharing that Tara. We're going to talk today a lot about digital transformation. Um, Let's start with a very basic definition. What does that mean to you, digital transformation? Digital transformation is the process of evolving an organization to a point where it's able to harness the power of technology, of data and strategy to fulfill its its mission that's a very good definition it sounds quite broad as well and so how Mm -hmm. what typical areas of a business does digital transformation tend to challenge i would say all areas which also sounds quite broad but um i'm a firm believer that every employee can play a key role in helping to successfully transform and whether it's through the ways of working whether it's through the types of data or metrics that are tracked and obviously the types of products and services that you offer your audience, customers, traffic, so on. So digital transformation is more about work culture than specific departments just becoming more technologically um, orientated. I think that's one part of it, absolutely. I think the culture shifts is absolutely important. Uh, What language do you speak? Are you data literate as an organization? Um, How are you working? Are you working cross-functionally and collaboratively? Are you testing, experimenting really quickly? So absolutely, yes. I think if you think about culture as the behaviors, the mindsets, 
The values, yes, that is absolutely a core part of it. But there are other important parts as well, including who is leading the transformation, um, what success looks like, what skills you have as an organization, what your strategy is, and how close you are to the, the end user. So whether it's a customer, you know, do you have a deep understanding and empathy for your needs, your pain points, and how do you translate that to the products, the services that you offer? That's a nice checklist to keep on hand. Work culture, leadership, success, skills, strategy, and audience approach. Changing consumer trends have challenged all these aspects of the modern business. For the new sector, it's no different. How people consume and purchase digital news is fundamentally changing how newsrooms operate. We often worry that the news sector is lagging behind other sectors, but according to Tara, that's not the case. The financial services sector, think credit card companies to stock brokerages, is not that much further along in its digital transformation journey. There are similar challenges there around understanding individual needs of customers and moving away from legacy technology systems. And that should sound pretty familiar. The retail industry is a more interesting comparison because it's a bit further along. Your online shopping retailer has a pretty sophisticated business model underpinned by tech and data literate teams which understand your shopping preferences. Traditional physical world companies like clothing shops have excelled as they have transformed their businesses online. Here's more from Tara on why and what we can learn from them. Some of the things that I think they're doing pretty well are one, trying to again be customer led and build a very deep understanding of the customer that is clearly mapped to the product strategy. So as an example, omni-channel experience. Um, so a number of players are looking to, you know, how do we not necessarily think about it as digital only, online only, or in-store only, but actually how do we create a seamless shopping experience that supports the customer's needs. Um, so everything from, you know, John Lewis being able to reserve an item in store on your phone, um, collect it at a time that's convenient, go into store, try something on, have it delivered to you. So really thinking about the business model, the shopping experience, but also organizationally, what you need to do to enable that. And I think some of the interesting examples that we see include things like incentive structures. For a long time, I think one of the challenges with digital transformation has been people feeling threatened, um, people not necessarily seeing the value for them in, in particular departments, right? So you've got the new shiny digital department that is all about transforming and clearly you can see the business case for that, but then if you are in print or different traditional departments, you can see how that could be misconstrued as a potentially bad thing. Um, but, you know, for example, some of the, the, the retail stores did things like incentivizing staff members in store who are actually able to complete digital sales in store. So showing a customer how to order things online if it wasn't available, for example, et cetera. And I think, I think that organizational alignment is so key. And not to say every retail player does this well, obviously, but I think just looking to some of these interesting nuggets of what's worked elsewhere, what might be relevant for our industry 
could be a useful source of inspiration. That's deeply fascinating because I think the extension to that comparison is rather than, you know, the uh, customer assistance being incentivized to promote in-store purchases or wherever, for a newsroom, that might be, you know, the reporter doing their part to push digital subscriptions for the business um, or, you know, whether that's online through their own social channels or actually being boots on the ground. So that's something that's working for the retail industry. And maybe we could learn, uh, take a leaf from that book in the news industry. Completely agree. And I think, you know, and there for me, the, the interesting connection there would be, you know, what's best for the audience. If the goal is to sell as many clothes, if the goal is to share as much of our content with as wide an audience as possible, how can we think about enabling that in our individual roles? And as you say, it could be about signposting. It could be about thinking about the variety of, of formats that we could use. It could be even thinking about you know, little things at the FT, for example. One of the big priorities that we've had recently is reaching new audiences, particularly female readers, which is a space that we, we feel very excited about doing more in. Um, and we've done several analyses that suggest that there are some small things that we could do to to encourage female readers to consume content, um, everything from the types of photos we use and so on. So, so again, it's just going back to that first principle of, you know, yes, staying true to that editorial independence, but actually thinking about, okay, if I'm trying to reach more female readers, for example, could I rethink the photo or, or something else from the, the list of recommendations? So yes, I agree. I think it's about thinking about those individual contributions, which add up to something potentially quite substantial does it help to frame it in that way to start with a problem that you want to to solve and then think about how you're you know we had about those six bullet points about from culture down to the end user working through those um to think how how you find a digital solution i absolutely echo that and i i'd say to simplify there are three phases or sets of questions that we would expect an organization to focus on as it begins its digital transformation. And as you say, the first is, you know, what's the user audience goal? What are we trying to solve? Whether it's a problem, it's the opportunity. What are we trying to accomplish here from a user lens? You know, at the FT, we essentially originally had a goal around sharing our content with, with you know, a million subscribers. So we wanted to get to that one million number because we believed it was about getting quality journalism to as many people as possible. And, you know, the, the, the big problem there was, you know, quality at a time when, you know, truth and facts, et cetera, were, were being compromised at a um, colossal level. So for me, the first thing, you know, is, is what's the strategy for trying to solve that problem? What's the long-term strategy? And that absolutely has to permeates the culture, has to permeate, you know, everything within the culture, mindsets, et cetera, what we're tracking, how we're promoting people and so on. And then the second thing is, you know, do I have the right team, the right skills, the right technology to get there? Um, and the, the final question for me would be, you know, what is therefore the right set of products, services, the, the right audience proposition to deliver on that goal? which could be, you know, a combination of 
news products as we have it. It could be exciting, innovative products, podcasts, and so on. It could be e-commerce events and, and so on. But um, I think making sure you have one, that really strong strategy that can shift mindsets and cultures to making sure that you've got the right team with the right skills, um, as well as technology. And then three, making sure you've got a competitive and compelling proposition for your audience. That's quite a nice three-step strategy there. So values and goals, uh, workforce and leadership. And then um, the last one was uh, uh, technology and product. I'd say audience proposition is a key part of that, probably an outcome of, of all of that. But yes, those would be some of the key points. Just last week, the Financial Times announced an extended partnership with the Google News Initiative, which will support 500 publishers across 50 countries over a three-year period. It's an extension of its subscriptions lab that it started in 2020, and that coaches news organisations to create more resilient business models through a greater focus on reader revenue, tech products, data and audience engagement strategies, and diversity. Much of the hard work begins with taking stock of a situation and building a roadmap for the future. With so many possibilities in the digital landscape, Tara talks to me about taking the first steps to success. So we essentially look at all channels, you know, internal data, technology data, customer market data. We also sometimes look at the competitive landscape to understand who in that market is perhaps doing well and, and why. So it's really understand actually realistically, given where you are today, given your environment, your audience, regulatory parameters and so on, technology and so on, where could you realistically get to? What's a, an ambitious enough goal that could get you to where you need to be, not even where you want to be? Sometimes we get people who are less or more ambitious than they realistically could potentially get to. Um, so it's the why are you here today? Where could you get to? And then we build as part of the where could you get to what we call the North Star strategy. So that's a, a very clear, unambiguous goal that hopefully galvanizes the entire organization. So we've had people say, I want to be the leading provider of Spanish journalist content across the world. And by 2024, we want to have 10 million pounds in revenue, whatever it is, um, euros, I should say. So that's just one flavor of a North Star. Um, and then that goal then is underpinned by a number of sub outcomes. To, to achieve that, you therefore need to do one, two, and three, which could be you need to be acquiring 10,000 members a month, or it could be you need to get churn from 10% to 2%. could be transformational. You need to change the way people with these skills are, are hired or developed, whatever that is. And that boils down to very specific activities and experiments that you can start to implement, not a year from now or six months from now, but quite frankly, tomorrow. So it's a very action-oriented, clear goal and framework that hopefully mobilizes the organization on that transformational journey. I love that. The other good thing, of course, about a North Star goal is that it's a very quick test to know whether something you're doing is actually serving the business. If it doesn't serve the North Star goal, What's the point in doing it? It's a waste of your time and it's a waste of your resources. Completely agree. Gosh, it sounds like you've been in almost every consulting session we've had. Um, and you are absolutely right. The challenge many times, if I can be completely open, Jacob, is 
is not necessarily people not having the talent. The challenge is often the execution. And there are a number of things that underpin that execution challenge, including prioritization. And that's across all level. It's from the board level where they're trying to do a lot of things and everyone, even the FT, has a limited set of resources, whether it's time, people, money, and, and so on. So being able to make those tough decisions around what are the trade-offs that we need to make? What are the things that we need to not do now? And the, the things that we need to focus on is, is such an important piece of this puzzle. But also it's the, across all levels, ability to say every day, every week, I could do 10 things, but actually these two things are going to help us get as an organization or as a department, or even as a team, to our sub North Star goal outcome. So making sure everyone's working in unison, which again is something that I take no credit for this, the FT did um, at the time, those questions, is this, how is this contributing to, to our North Star goal of the march to a million? Um, and making those trade-offs on a real-time basis is key. Mm. So many fascinating things in that response, Tara. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right about the prioritization point. When it comes to setting the North Star goal, who determines that and how do you do it? That's a very interesting one. Um, it should be, so there are two answers to that. So one is leadership ultimately needs to sign off and leadership should include you know, key decision makers, ultimately the CEO and the managing editor in a media organization, news, news, news context, I suppose. Um, and it's really important that they are seen as fully aligned and in support of the goal and are constantly emphasizing the need. Um, communication is, is absolutely critical. However, I think the process of getting to that goal should be even more comprehensive. So I think you want to absolutely take a top-down as well as a bottom-up approach. So yes, having a clear sense of we need to get here, this is the North Star, but actually the breakdown of that North Star, I think is, and even the creation of the North Star is an exercise that you want to try and bring other people from other departments, but also across multiple levels into. So for example, when we worked with a European news publisher, we had a, I guess, quasi task force, if you will, um, a North Star committee chaired by the CEO and the managing editor. But we had people like, you know, the head of advertising, the head of subscriptions, the chief product officer, but also you had people, you know, at a much lower level as well. And these were what we would call influencers now, but people who were well respected by the organization for a particular reason, they were really good at what they did, or they had really valuable skills or a very strong network, because you want to have champions, you can go back and if you will, preach the gospel of North Star. Um, so essentially, all to say that that process was, you know, testing the ideas. Actually, is this the right North Star? Do we need to tweak this? Do we need to think about different sub outcomes? What are some of the risks to delivering on that goal and so on? And that really created a sense of ownership because those individuals were able to go back to their respective teams and say, you know, this is something which has been done with us. 
not just to us. And therefore, people felt, I think, a lot more motivated, a lot more bought into the overall goal, but also how they could contribute to it. I, th- I think the thing I wanted to say on that, which is really, really insightful, is having the champions of the North Star, those sub-North Star, because let's be honest, the real legwork happens at the bottom of the, the pyramid, right? And if you don't have the motivation trickling all the way down, you're not going to reach the ultimate goal right at the top. So that idea of having buy-in in those North Star creation meetings is really important because that also gives you a sense of uh, a sense check. Can we realistically work towards that? Can we really deliver on this? Um, and, you know, is, is this something that my team can actually achieve? How much of a U-turn or a handbrake turn is this going to create for my team to actually deliver on this? Um, so I think there are a bunch of really, really insightful things in there. Is it ever necessary to change a North Star goal? Do you ever go in and, and realize, well, they're not working towards the right North Star goal here? I would say yes. And actually, the FT is an example of this, where in some ways you, we changed it, I suppose, because we had reached the North Star goal. But actually, I think there was a recognition that it wasn't the right North Star goal for now. You know, we could have easily said, actually, instead of a march to a million, we want to change it to march to 10 million. Um, but actually, there was a recognition that we were starting to prioritize volume over value common pitfall where people think okay my not start goal is to get to you know the same millions that that the nyt has you know you could sell your contents for a pound and, and get to a million maybe but actually is that the right thing for your organization and what does that mean in terms of actually if you're selling your content shorts what does that do to your ability to invest for example So all to say that we now are focusing on lifetime value as part of our North Star goal, um, but also reaching new audiences as well, because we feel like we want to take our journalism to people who we think would value it. Um, We're not necessarily reaching today. Um, So that's younger audiences through the FT School Initiative or or more female readers, like I said. Every organisation should put in place that discipline of rigorously testing and creating their North Star goal to make sure it's the right one for as long as possible. But by its very nature, a North Star goal shouldn't be too far off. So we would often do three to five, five years max. So there will be a natural expiration point. But regardless, I think as an annual exercise, I think evaluating that goal to say, given where we are today, whether it's because of the pandemic or the war or whatever it is, is this still the right goal as an organization to focus on? I love that. I really, really love that point that you can you can review it based on a you know a very significant situation, i.e. pandemic war. But I, I also love the idea of an expiration date on um, uh, a North Star goal. You know, should a North Star goal be something very quantifiable, i.e. 1 million subscribers, or should it be a little bit more abstract, like being the most trusted news source in a country? You know, which, which one kind of works better, you think? I think the more quantifiable, and I like to say smart, you know, it needs to be specific enough, measurable enough, A, I would say ambitious or aspirational, relevant and, and time-bound. Um you need to make it meaningful. And in many ways, you know, North Star means something quite aspirational and visionary to an extent. But I think the danger can be that you get too 
too undefined. So people are like, okay, what is the most trusted? I guess most trusted actually is not not a bad bad one. But you know, sometimes you've had things like we want to be the best news provider. Because that that creates confusion at the bottom of the pyramid because they don't know what they're working towards. Exactly. It's you know, what does that mean exactly? How do we measure it? How do we know when we're off track or when we've actually hit that goal? So even if you have something which feels more qualitative. I think anchoring it in something which is measurable is is really important. Love it. Tara, thank you so much for your insights today. It's been a real blast to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. I really appreciate it. What I'll take away from this conversation is the trickle-down effect. You need department champions to trumpet the business's North Star goal. That one bright guiding principle that everything and everyone should be sailing towards every single day. Having smart goals avoids distractions and confusion across the board. So remember that acronym, specific, measurable, aspirational, relevant, and time-bound. And do not be afraid to look beyond the news sector for inspiration. Consumer-facing sectors are facing many shared challenges here, and they're coming up with innovative solutions. Retail's model of incentives for staff who complete sales is one nugget of an idea worth mulling over. What did you take away from today? I'd love to get your thoughts. DM or tweet me at JPG Journalism or my team at journalism.co.uk at Journalism News. If you'd like to feature on the show or you've got a topic or story you want us to cover on the podcast, do get in touch. I'm on Jacob at journalism.co.uk. And finally, if you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. That way, you won't miss our next exciting episode. And that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.